0: We are yeah, so. back with the Who's Your Band podcast. And we have a great one for today. But right before we get started with that, I'm sitting here with my buddy, Sean Morton. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Sean Morton. Hey, I was thinking about you uh, this Naked week. Naked in the Shower. Uh, I wish. <laughs> um, two of your favorite things I saw. Your favorite brand, Primus, is oh, doing fuck them. Yeah, they're doing farewell to kings. Oh be, yeah, Primus going, is de- doing a Rush a Rush tribute. Well, show. I know how much you like both bands. Yeah,
1: I'd rather blow my brains out than go to that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I, I well, I got you some tickets, so I think maybe. Did you? He, yeah, oh, you great. and I go. We'll, oh, have a good yeah, time. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right. Enjoying there. I'm Primus that night. doing a whole Rush set. Yeah. But um, enough of uh, this tomfoolery. Let, let's yes. get right into because we, we got have we, great guests, great tonight. guests, jam packed show, and uh, I'm sitting here with Don Jameson. Hello, Don.
2: Hi. (laughs) You actually came up on a previous episode of our podcast. Uh Uh-oh.
0: You really did. What was
2: her name, and what did she claim I did?
1: Well, we weren't sure if she actually was a woman, but um, for anybody who doesn't know, Don was one of the former hosts of that metal show on VH1 Classics.
2: That I I will admit to. 13 13 seasons?
1: 14. 14. Get it right, Morton. Wow, 14 seasons. You don't see a lot of people getting that, that long of a of a run that with the show. That was a great run, man. And I love the show. Every episode was fantastic.
2: Yeah, they were great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a phenomenal f- to have that kind of a run, thanks. Phenomenal
1: stand-up comedian, and uh, our other
0: guest, <laughs> Cassidy Cananzaro? Yes. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. Kat- Kathy leave, leave it to a Jersey
3: guy to get that right though. Staten Island guy. Same but same yo,
0: no. No. don't don't put me in the same category. Jersey with a cover charge. We're so in Jersey case. though, so exactly. we have to learn how to pronounce uh, it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. now
0: now doing solo. Yeah, I'm doing
3: okay. my own thing now. So we're
0: excited to have both of you guys in here today. And you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk and we'll get, we'll say some stuff. So let's start with Don. where'd you grow up, Don? Um,
2: uh, parts unknown.
0: What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) He thinks he's a wrestler from the 80s. I don't
2: don't want people tracking me down. Um, I grew up in in New York, New York City, yeah, and I've lived back and forth in New York and New Jersey my whole life. So, where'd you go to high school? I mean, what do you want? You my want address, to... you want my social security no. number? Sean, <laughs> help me out wait, here. You work bro. For the what? CIA? He didn't <laughs> tell me I had to like reveal this information. <laughs> That's, That's great. great. What am I wait, wait, signing wait, up for clear at the airport? <laughs> is this TSA pre check? Why is, you, why am I is I this wrong so here? sensitive here? Am I information? I grew you go to high school. up in South Jersey. At a place. In a,
0: at a place. So there's went, trees in go, the street. Well, what, so what kind of kid were you? School. We always no. like the, the rocket kid. Were you? No, T- no
2: I liked uh, Japanese glockenspiel. <laughs> I, of course. I, know,
1: very I, funny. Wore,
0: I <laughs> played the glockenspiel.
1: I'm so okay. happy I'm not the one beating the shit out of Jeff today. <laughs> that, it, this is great. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. You
0: really nice to me. Not, you know, what's on today? Everyone's taking no, it just got very personal. <laughs> you
2: know, in this uh, day and age of voter, like- or um, ID, uh, what do they call it? Theft, theft. ID theft, and We're all. We're gonna start me. this again. I'm no. nervous. No, it's good. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, I um, you know, since I'm 11, you know, I loved, you know, Kiss Destroyer was my first album, yes. and, and album. I never went away from that. And yeah, all through high school, there was, you know, I got into different types of hard rock and metal, and I went through all the phases. You know where I like the heavier stuff like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, and then I wore like the le- the, the leather and all that stuff, Brilliant. and then Motley Crue and all those oh, the '80s. Too fast for love. Best they, yeah, they came around. Real so album. then I was wearing spandex and eyeliner, and but oh, I was you know I had the <laughs> mullet. That's you know in Jersey, if you grow up in Jersey, you know that's right, right. Uh, a law. A- you have to have a mullet and hang out at the mall, and that's now, what true. I
0: did when you when you're high school. Did you do like the whole like Jersey club scene, like going to um, what was I? What was the place in? Um, oh, there was a couple of like the Colonel's Goddard. There was like all those. The clubs. Birch Hill. Birch Hill was a great. One. Yeah, but what was the Play big Pen. one? Found Casino. That's the one I couldn't think of. Uh-huh. Did you did that? And...
2: Um, you know, the, I I never really did the Found Casino, but Birch Hill for sure. You know, yeah. that was the place like right in Central Jersey where yeah. you could, and also like I went to college at Rutgers and. Um, and so um, it was easy to like go over the Verrazano and get to. Not you know back then it was like a dollar. Right, it's yeah. like forty seven dollars. It's like a mortgage payment to get to get over there. But, but yeah, Sean knows we you know we used to go to Lamore's and and go see all the bands out there. So um uh, and then New Brunswick had a, a really cool scene back then with the Core Tavern oh, and, yeah. and, that and all that place. place. So we had some uh, and we had great rock bands come through and play. Um, at the campus and stuff. So yeah, I was never, and then I was always a record collector. We had a great record store. So, um, yeah, I was always, um, you know, the music thing was just always a big part of my life, man.
0: And the band that you love, your favorite band, you said is going to be Saxon.
2: So yeah, the band that I guess we're going to talk about tonight is Saxon, and um, you know not, they're not really that well known.
1: Yeah, you could talk about them all night, because I've never heard one song from Saxon. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a metal fanatic, and I've never heard one song from Saxon. Denim
2: and Leather. Never. Brought us all together. Nope. Really? Never heard it. Yeah. No. What, how never about
0: Princes it? Of, of the Night? Princes of the Night. No. I just told Crusader. you. No. Crusader. Princes of the Night. What like, year did that come the, out? Oh, that's off of denim and leather, so okay. that's why, like, um, 81, 83? 82, 83, yeah. yeah. All right, so I was it's six per- years old, so of course I didn't. Yeah. But you know I mean, Elvis.
1: Yeah. You're to compare Elvis to <laughs> Saxon, for Christ's sake? <laughs> but, but, yeah, but he, he doesn't, doesn't hold a mainstream. candle to Saxon. He doesn't I hold
3: the like, candle he, I Saxon. I don't know that Saxon was quite as big as Elvis Close, but not
0: quite as big. <laughs> Sa- Saxon really was, like like... Like the King ultimate Diamond eight, they, they were the ultimate 80s metal band Yeah, that was you the know? whole, they were like whole before, Yeah, They were before Iron Maiden and, I love all and that and shit Priest, Like they were bigger than Priest in Europe Where are they from? Are they, are they Europe? Are they they're, they're British,
1: yeah Okay, so they're part of that whole New wave of British heavy metal kind of Exactly scene. Okay. So,
2: so when when those albums came to America the, Oh, here's the new wave of British heavy metal And they had the compilation album And Saxon was one of those bands And I just always loved them And probably because a lot of people didn't or just okay, didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. so you know, uh, you know, that's like Motorhead, same thing. Like I took all these bands under my wing because, and he, and Maiden too, who obviously ended up being humongous. But you know, I always loved that. Oh, these are my bands, right? You know, sure, like that I could hold, and um, and then some got huge. Metallica, obviously, and. You know the bands that uh, were the underground at the time, Megadeth and all that. Yeah. Be- some wow. it became huge, and then yeah, Saxon had a little bit of a success in America. And, I, and so my new album is based on their their album Denim and Leather. I How made cool. a denim and laughter. That's pretty cool. I like that. It's you know, great. and I just stole their artwork and. Uh, <laughs> so-
1: my next album. Put myself Good. on it. Sir. My next album is going to be called Gaga, Bieber, Spears. So wait, way, anybody <laughs> Google's it on iTunes, it pops <laughs> up instantly. I wish I
0: was not sit this close to you right now. It's like it's, it's like Marilyn
2: Manson. That's smart it's marketing, smart. That though. That is smart marketing. No, there's a you know the uh, J- Chad Zumok from Cleveland, mm-hmm. yeah. a comic friend of ours. He he all the tracks on one of his CDs are like Lady Gaga songs. That's it's, great. So when they Google it, it comes to his CD and they download brilliant. his stuff accidentally.
3: It's really hard to get things like that though up on like. So CD Baby and like all the, they fight you on things like that. If they see a name that's similar, they'll they'll take it down or they're they're really weird about copywriting. That's the only thing. I wonder if he has any trouble with that. I'd be curious. Anyway, just He's got stupid, lots of other problems. boring He's business stuff, but yeah, all like all that digital stuff, it's complicated now.
0: You know, the other thing about Saxon is like we talked about um, record stores; they had great cover art, and that's something that you don't see anymore. Like you know, with, with downloads, is is a cover art. And so right. if you weren't really sure, like of this band, you're like, well, they're kind of the same genre of, of a band you may like. You looked at that cover and said, like, you know, I'll give them a shot. And then you know, like you said, Crusader is a really great album, uh, great song. It like has like one of the you know what. Saxon was kind of the one thing the inspiration of uh Spinal Tap Yeah, yeah. All know? right, I know. So that. yeah, so they have like they have like the, the, the big sound big introductions to over these the songs. Top, like yeah. like yeah. Rain and Horses and That's stuff. Great. You know, really like yeah, really very over the top. But the but the riffs are so so catchy and, and great! I think you could see how they kind of like leave and become the inspiration to like Metallica and and Pantera, who we talked about last time, and Megadeth and all these other bands. I think right? that was
3: what set those bands apart, though—the ones that really had songs you could remember, right? Because like a lot of them were cool and they all had these big guitars, but the ones that were really writing songs mm-hmm. and had cool riffs, I think those are the best ones, you know.
1: You, you brought up a great point, and this is going to be leading into great. Cassidy here, um, is about the cover art. So. I can remember it was probably twelve years ago. I was down in Atlantic City, and we were driving back. And we stopped at a Starbucks. And we were looking for something different. Now, as much as of a rock metal guy that I am, I also have a different side that I love a lot of like rock and singer songwriter stuff. Um, so one of my favorite artists is Melissa Etheridge, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of her. Always will be. So we walked into a Starbucks and looking at the whole CD section and we saw a CD that had five women on the front of it. Never heard of it before. And it was a band called Antigone Rising from the ground up. So we looked at each other and said, okay, let's buy this album and listen to it. And we put it in and it really didn't leave our CD player for a few years afterwards. So yes, great cover art can lead to discovering new artists. And one of those new artists that I discovered is our guest today, Cassidy Kansas. So yeah. Well, you're
3: Thank you're you. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that though. Just on that thought, I've had more people say that they bought the record because of the photo, the cover photo. There sure. was something about it that there was just, and it wasn't. It was just. It was five women, but we were wearing leather jackets and T-shirts. I mean, it certainly wasn't. Yeah. Nowadays, you have to get your ass out, you know what I'm saying? Like, for anybody to pay attention to anything. It wasn't like that. We were just, you know, five women stacked on a photo, um, our faces, and People still recognize me. I think even just from the photo. Like, how well, do I know Well, it was different you?
1: because you're always, you know, there's there's a million times you have one female in a band. So if, unless you're talking about like Vixen, but there really wasn't an all female band that had broken out in no. a long
0: time. In a long time. Vixen, Runaways. I mean, well, like I'm I talking think. about like
3: and like at current, that period of time, I mean, like they current, had the no. Donnas and they had like there were a couple of bands yeah. that they yeah, were kind of pushing. Remember I the Donnas? And they them, were. I met those girls. They were actually really cool girls. But we were a little bit different in that. You know, it was real musicians, not to put anybody down, but we were really playing our instruments. Everybody was really good, um, accomplished. Our drummer was amazing. You know what I'm saying? We had, like, we were a real band. You could come see us, and it was, like, actually a show. I mean, we were going out and playing with Aerosmith and the Stones and, like, you know, the almonds were taking us out. So it wasn't like a... Even though it was gimmicky, because it was all women, we weren't that. We weren't like a gimmick band. Sure. And I think that sort of set us apart. So how
0: did you get started? Where did where did you uh, grow up? Were you Jersey? I you was. Did... I grew up
3: in New Jersey. I grew what in... what
0: zip code? I, I'm gonna tell you where my childhood
3: house is right what's now. Your pin get the coordinates. Oh, I'm gonna give you the ATM coordinates. Uh, you gotta got pen I'm gonna give you the coordinates. Yeah, Je- yeah. Jeffrey's collecting
2: information. <laughs>
3: he's yeah. He, he's yes. like okay, human I've had a lot of on stalkers. S- on I the side, I do careful. taxes. I just want to
0: make sure that you guys are up to code. Oh God,
3: please don't. Not as a musician, man. <laughs> know what that's like, so so I grew up um, in New Jersey, Northwest Sussex County, uh, Lake Mohawk, up in like the yeah. lakes up there, by Sparta, beautiful by Sparta, yep. beautiful um, place, and uh, it was weird for me, you know, because I was sort of um, I was always an artist. So I, I wasn't, I didn't really fit in. It was very sort of academic and sports focused, you know, school system. Um, And I think I knew right away that I was a little bit different. So I I was, I couldn't wait to get out. I couldn't wait to get to the city, you know. So immediately when I was very young, I moved to New York City, um, and then went out to Los Angeles and spent a lot of years out there. But yeah, like I grew up I grew up, like, singing in church, basically, as a little girl. So who'd you
0: wind up listening to? Like, you're looking at three metal heads here. Yeah,
3: well, I think it would surprise you. I listened to metal also. Um, It was a lot of, like, my babysitters and my older, my, like, friends, older brothers and sisters listened to, like, Motley Crue and, and, you know, Judas Priest and all the ones you're mentioning. Metallica and King Diamond and all of, like, the deep, yeah, all that stuff. We loved all of that. That was what I listened to. The other thing that I listened to a lot was because of where I grew up, there was only one radio station, and it was a classic rock radio station. And it's still there, and it still plays classic rock. But we were listening to, like, Leonard Skinnerd and Fleetwood Mac and Joni Mitchell. And, like, I didn't know that, you know, of course, Bruce Springsteen, but I didn't know there was any other kind of music really growing sure. up. You know, it was all guitar-driven, song-led, um, very, like, vocal-heavy harmonies, you know, that was what I thought was was music and it sort of naturally took me there in, in terms of the way that I wrote after. But I always loved rock bands and, and rock music and like, yeah, big sound. So who
0: was your biggest inspiration as a band? Was it was, 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 was the Miami think, Fleetwood Mac?
3: I would say probably in the sense that I love vocals in a band. I love having multiple instruments. I love piano and guitar and drums. I love that sort of blue-eyed soul. Um, sound like the ability what I loved about bands from that time if you look at bands like Doobie Brothers like Fleetwood Mac like um, uh, uh, Little River Band even right you could have on an album a song that sounded a little bit more kind of soul and then a song that was more like country rock and nobody and you could have multiple singers too and nobody ever thought like well every song needs to sound exactly the same or else we don't know what this is we don't know what to do with it like there was no such thing as that you could kind of bridge and span different genres within one band. Um, and so for me, I liked the idea of experimenting with sound like that and having big vocals, having harmonies, always having piano and guitar if we could, um, and having as many people on stage as possible. Like I just like big bands with a lot of singers and, and uh, I would say that that was it. And then later on, of course, I got more influenced like by Stevie Wonder and, and you know all the kind of more soul stuff, but that wasn't until later.
0: A little bit of Motown in there too. A little bit, yeah, yeah, like later on. So you, you like you like a full
3: sound? I do. I like Horns. I like a real band. You know, I don't. I never got into sort of using loops and and anything you know to nothing that couldn't be recreated live. You See, Saxon
0: didn't fuck around, they just came out there and they ripped it like from right yeah. like from the beginning, man. Yeah, yeah. They, they I was never at the loop either. <laughs> not loop. Oh, not lube. Oh, you said loop, so oh, oh, sorry about oh. that. Um, and, and I um, <laughs> don't think they used um, any lube. Elsewhere. I they used I'm
3: glad I didn't a, bring any then. And that's a big,
2: <laughs> that's a big thing now with with bands now, especially with rock bands, is uh, the criticism of like, oh, they are using backing tracks and all this stuff and whatever. And you know, I, I say this, it's like um, we're in the day of a day and age of where people record everything, right? Yeah. So so if you're especially if you're a big band, you know, if they're gonna put that show up on YouTube five seconds after the concert's over. And so these bands want to sound good, Yeah, you know, and a lot of them are resorting to using some trickery. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to say I don't really blame them, you know, like we're comics, you know, there's no, we can't put a laugh track behind us. It it is what it is. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) And they could just make a hologram of us and we'd like to show up. But, but for rock bands, it's very important for them to sound great because people look up the set list and then they judge, oh, I'm not going to go this time because I don't like the set list. Or then they go, oh, I'll go and see how it sounds. Or if they hear it sounds not good on YouTube, they go, oh, I'm not going to go see it.
3: It's really hard, man. Like, anymore, it's so difficult because not only not only it's all, all of the technology there at your disposal, it makes it so much easier, and it sounds so much better, and you can tune things, and you can chop things up, and you can chop up performances. Like, all of that's fine as long as you have the people that can deliver the goods, you know, live. But I think the biggest problem is that there's not as much money in it as there once was. So
0: and, to, and money in what?
3: and what? In doing music, period. Well,
0: like the, you, the money now is on the side of touring as opposed to making. Yes and no,
3: music. though. Like you think that it is. Well, you can't but make it's, it
0: really much as an album. Make, but to bring it to bring
3: six guys out on tour. It's really expensive. I mean, we were a band. You know, we were broke for a really long time, but we. But you can make
0: it up on merch as well, because I think obviously got a bigger I, piece of the merch.
3: I think that that's what
2: people. That's a higher think. level. A little bit of a higher level band can can kind of squeak by that totally. way, and a uh, meet and greets and stuff. Right, and that's why this whole this this is a whole other conversation. But the Brexit thing is affecting bands over there because right. lower level bands can't. Uh, in 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 2021 are not going to be able to tour unless they can prove they have a certain amount of money in the bank and that they're a sustainable band. And that's going to hurt a lot of bands. It is. So. going Well, it's, it's going uh, to be stuff across the board here, there, everywhere. Yeah. yeah to yeah.
0: be to be a band starting out now, I mean, it, it's almost like college. Like you're going to have to pay, lose money and then stick it out and hopefully yeah. you're able to make it up you down have to the road. You do
3: imagine, right? Like bands now are contending with the fact that there's so much Compute. People don't want to leave their houses. They don't have to. They have computers. Sure. They have their phones. They, right. have their, they didn't have that so much as when I was coming but up. There's
0: still nothing better than seeing live music. Yeah, we know that. that. We know that. We
3: yeah. know that. But I don't know that a 20-year-old thinks that necessarily. Te- technology. Good
0: can, point.
1: Technology yeah. can really work against you too because like we've said this before. I know ahead of time if I'm going to a show and there's three bands going on ahead of time. And I don't like the two bands before that. I'm going to go right on set List FM
3: mm-hmm. and I'm going to say,
1: OK, so Monster Magnet's playing on April 18th. And if I don't want to get there early, I want to get there when they start playing Space Lord. I can go right on there and I flip through a couple things. things. Of and course, you
2: they, love Monster Magnet. I do. So. But I'm just
1: using that as an example. Like, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all my boys. I it got lose, it. No, no, it loses, the, saying, it loses yeah. the luster because you want to go to a show and you want to be in the moment. So, first thing people are doing is taking up their phones, or if they're like 50 and 60, they take up their iPads and they're holding up oh their iPads to, to do what? To tape the whole show. Yeah, as opposed it's, to I, just watching
0: why? it. But it me, makes who me insane. Is, who is going back on, on their iPhone and saying, oh, Don, you got to see this? Watch watch this concert. Nobody I saw. does it because we're so. Nobody,
1: nobody. ever. Because we're so ingrained in How fast would you
0: punch me living? in the face if I did that? To you. I do that happens. anyway. This happens.
3: This happens. I had to watch a show recently through somebody's phone who was standing in front of me because I couldn't see the stage. It's ridiculous. Because he had his phone up, it was ridiculous, and it happens all the time. I mean, listen, I, I, I mean, I could go on and on about it, but it, you know, in my, you didn't have to post every single thing. You didn't right. have to tell everybody every single thing about yourself. You didn't have to post every single day and talk about what you had for breakfast. You, my, there was mystery in our rock stars, right? You Mystique. asked me, right? You asked That's me the about that. thing about
0: not knowing the setlist too. Well, yeah,
3: all of it. Like it ruins it and it I totally feel is. like I'm frustrated by it. I have to say I I think that it's ruined a lot of the the fun of it, a lot of the the mystery. A lot of you know, Pearl Jam was one of my favorite bands growing up and I loved Eddie Vedder. I didn't know anything about him. You want to know what I knew about him? I knew his records, and I knew what he was saying on his records, and that was it. And you know that's still true. Absolutely. I still don't know anything about him. I know what he does publicly, Perfect. and that's it. And I'm okay with it. Like I've never once tried to find out anything else he's about him. He's a Cubs him. fan.
2: That's all we know. Yeah,
3: we know. <laughs> exactly. We know he's got a. That's all he lets out. Maybe yeah. like we found out recently. I just, re- I swear to you, and I'm a big fan. I didn't even know he had kids, and was like married to, like remarried and had some kids. I just learned something about him. Like yeah. like recent, which I love. That's, that's the what I'm best. saying. That's
0: why you come on this show. He's
3: got like kind of grown kids, yeah. And I love that well, I know gotta that he's got to be like in his fifties. Right? He is sure. now, yeah. And yeah. but like it's just but, the point that like so am I. I have no kids. Yeah, I don't have any kids either. But I, I actually love that. I love not knowing things. I loved waiting for the records to come out. I loved hearing what he had to say on the records and the occasional interview. I waited for that. Now nobody wants to watch interviews or do the thing. They will, but at their own leisure, they don't have to.
0: Do you guys remember, like, you would like sometimes hear like a concert or an interview on the King Biscuit Flower Hour? Does, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah a syndicated show? Yeah. yeah, of course. And you would wait, like, I think it was on, like, on a Sunday at 11, yes. 11 or midnight right. or so. So it was Or shows late.
3: like yours, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, on the, I was on a few of those shows too like we, I did the, a lot of the I Love series on VH1 I was in a ton of those and yeah, like yeah. any of those interview shows like you waited for those you waited yep. for like the new albums to come out and you guys were going to debut it or somebody was going to debut the new record and you sat in front of your television you waited for the new video you waited for the they're just that stuff doesn't exist anymore I was, I a, like gu- I was a guest
1: on a friend's podcast a couple months ago we were talking about concert etiquette and we talked about uh, one of the shows that I went to was the Misfits show at Prudential Center. Oh, yeah. Now I'm not a gigantic Misfits fan, but I love the hits. You know, like everybody knows the history of the Misfits.
2: And, and Glenn when, loves
3: to be photographed and videoed. Yes,
1: well, that was the whole thing. <laughs> when you walked in, they they checked your phone into a neoprene sleeve.
3: They're doing this now.
1: It's it's it, well, I I I'm a fan of it. I'm not gonna Me lie, too. I'm a Huge fan of it. of it. I'm a fan oh, of it. Oh yeah,
3: yonder bags, right? There's like a new yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. The, they're
1: green bags and. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this concert to the day I die, because there was 19,000 people in that place. Now, granted, there were some jerks who snuck their phones in. There was about 20 or 30 phones that were out. But there was 19,000 people in the moment making a piece of history. That's what i like it, it was history. Like I'll always remember that show as seeing all these people singing every word to every single song.
0: Right, right. And
1: just enjoying the moment. And not one of them is going back and saying, hey, do you want to hear this?
3: Ah. No,
1: it's horrible. I'm it, all it for It drives that. me.
3: I'm sorry, I love that. And I'm um, all for Dave it. Chappelle's doing that now in his show. He's shows. one of the ones who started it. Yeah. Right.
1: He's one of the ones who started it. And even the tool concert that I went to is the same way. Yep. They didn't lock him up, but they said, we catch you using your phone when you're getting thrown out.
3: I love it. Madonna and did it.
1: Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I love it. And there was just people just sitting there watching the show, enjoying it. And at the last. The last song, Maynard goes, Guys, you were a great audience. Take your phones out. This one's on us. And they played Stinkfist. And of course, like, like, yeah, like, like programmed animals that we all are. So he yeah. just said, Take our phones right. out. Boom. Everybody's phone is up like this, recording. That's it. my
2: favorite Stormy Daniels uh, film, by the way. Stinkfist.
1: <laughs> that's that's of course. a classic.
0: Stinkfist.
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah, oh, really man. Really I'm a big fan of that. I love it. <laughs> comics are starting to do it. I'm 100% for it. Yeah, man. I As just Performers, sing- and you just saw. Uh, there's a, a a video about of Chris Robinson with his brother doing an acoustic show for a benefit or whatever it's just him and his brother Rich and they're doing acoustic songs he's like guys you got to stop you got to shut the fuck up man well, what am I let to say that yeah yeah you got to shut the fuck up i can't we're about up here i can't even hear myself sing you guys wow. are talking the whole time hey we're happy to be here for you guys you paid us to come here to perform for you but man you got to Got to be quiet, man. We gotta, we're gotta. we trying to work up here, Can you know. Listen. And it's yeah. like Etiquette. It, it mm-hmm. is because nobody has etiquette anymore because they're too consumed. Well, I got this phone and my iPad and this, and they got to say this to this guy. No. And there's
3: no attention span and there's no respect. Like, I have to say, I feel like an old lady sometimes talking about it, but I do feel like it's something that needs to be spoken about more. And I think it's, I love that artists are taking a little bit of initiative to say, listen, unfortunately, like what the reason we have laws and rules and all, because people don't do the right thing. Right. Isn't it a shame? They just don't naturally do the right thing, so we have to put rules in place. It's so, entitled. fine. Yeah, and so so it has to be done. It's like, we got to take your phones from you because you don't know to leave them down during the show. Like, really? You know, I, I just, for me, it's lost some of the fun.
0: Well, also, people aren't considerate in general now anyway. I know. And, you know, like, you, who was it? You just said you had to look over someone's shoulder the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I had to look through to his phone to watch the show. I want to ask you, done, were you ever in a band? Did you ever, musician, You play anything? In high school, yeah,
2: you did. Yeah, I, you know, I bought a Les Paul when I was like 15, and you know. and was like, yeah, I'm all in on this, you know, and um, because music's just been such a passion in my life. And then I kind of like 17, 18, I kind of plateaued out, and I was like, yeah, I don't really have the passion to go further with this. And uh, being a big fan of music, I was like, you know, I'm gonna let the the people who do have the passion for it do it for me, and I'll just sit back and enjoy it. But I know I wanted to do something creative, and then it was like years later when I was really starting to get into comics a lot more, and I was like, yeah, that's good, and like just, you know, to carry equipment, and split <laughs> yeah, the money five true. ways, and yeah. just put my dick jokes in my
0: pocket, and go, and uh, that's cool. Sure, you're, you're still in a band, right? You're still, Not you're still, I
1: mean, we were talking about it off air, but like, that's how I got into comedy, was being in a, in a band, you know, we we were a rock band for eight, nine years, and... You know just fell apart like not in a bad way we just you know we all went our way and then I became you know I found comedy through that but you know we still try and and play once in a while like the last time we practiced we were covering x-ray visions by clutch so Uh I'm saying all right let me try this and then the next morning I'm coughing blood oh my god because i'm blowing my voice out by trying to mimic neil fallon and mm. i'm like i can't do this because now like my money comes from comedy so i can't screw around being in a, ba- a 10 by 10 basement trying to play johnny rockstar at this point <laughs> in my life i can't lose my voice doing it but we're um you know we, we get together once in a while we'll play you know i've been writing a lot of other stuff which is not rock in the least bit it's going to be more pop country than anything, but so, it's always creative. You always got to keep the creative juices flowing, you know. Whatever well, way it to is, the cause. yeah.
2: You find yourself. I mean, look at Andrew Dice Clay, who I was lucky enough to tour with for ten years. Amazing. He never wanted to be a comic. He wanted to be an actor. He, yeah. Oh, right. And he just there was he just wanted to find a way to be noticed.
1: And he was great in *The Star Is Born*.
2: And so, you're right. So now it's so crazy. Now you know, late fifties and the early sixties, he's doing exactly sure. what he wanted to do to begin with. But in the meantime, he became the biggest. Comedian in history. Absolutely. So it's just you know we find our way eventually in this thing, yep. um, whether it's music, whether it's you know if you if you're uh, artistically inclined in terms of painting or sculpting or anything like that, there. if you're a musician or if you you're blessed with a great voice, um, and you find it, hopefully you find it.
3: You do. I mean, yeah. I also think you you have to be versatile. I think that one of the things that I've learned to keep a career over as long as you know you do is. You have to kind of, you have to adjust. You have to pivot. It's like, so maybe this isn't, one thing isn't working, but you still want to be creative. You start doing something else. You find expression. We were saying you just have to express yourself sometimes, sure. you know, and you find ways to do that, whatever that looks like, you know. Now, so,
1: when, you were in, when you were with Antigone Rising, were you guys more of a collaborative writing style or were you doing a lot more of the writing of the lyrics? I
3: wrote pretty much all of it. That first record, I wrote the whole thing. Okay. Those songs were written before I joined the band even. So I, wow. those songs were all written on that first record from the ground up. Um, when I was living in California, I had written them, and I had a band in L.A., but at the time, and it's kind of still the the same situation sometimes for artists. You have a band that, This is what they do for a living, so they can't necessarily, like, come out with you and and not get paid. Like, they have to, you know, they have their bills to pay. Sure. So I had a really tough time keeping a band together in Los Angeles, even though I think a lot of them liked the music. It was hard for them. They had a big overhead, whatever. They had other opportunities. Antigone was looking for a singer, and they had actually heard those songs recorded in demo form, Mm And somehow got them, I don't know if it was like through my manager or something. They asked to meet with me and then I ended up joining that band and they took all we took all the songs and yeah, sort of adapted them for that band sure. and then made that record. You had a
1: couple demos though before that. I
3: right? did, I had a couple things before that. Um, nothing that really was like... Things that people started to find after the fact, which is always kind of how it goes. You know, okay. nothing that I really released big, but yes, some things that people sort of got their hands on after. Now, it was from the ground
1: up was your was your major label, but you guys did a couple like independent releases before. that, We right? did. We
3: did a live record called um, "Traveling Circus" that was from um, a place called Revolution Hall in Albany. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if even if it's still there. I don't think it is. I think it's closed now. But that that was great, and that. That one was probably like right when things were starting to break really big. We, ha- we weren't signed yet, but we were starting to sell a lot of shows out. Like it was just like that, that electric moment. Yeah. I almost feel like that was when we were the most perfect in the sense that what, no- nobody thought we What time got in period their- are we talking about here? I would say, let me think for a second. That was probably like 2000, maybe three or four, was when things were like starting to just really blow up, but we didn't get our record deal yet just before anybody got their and hands that, on us. In 2004,
0: you know? I don't remember that far. Are they still selling records? Like, Was that like a thing, or was now is it become like an end? No, is, that was hard, hard that, copy. That, that was hard copy CDs. Oh,
3: yeah, and not only that, I would say our. I always say I literally am the last person that got a publishing deal. You know what I mean? Like, I, we our band was literally the last band to like get like a decent sized record deal. Like all that stuff stopped right. pretty much after 2007, 2008. Like once we got our, we got a nice publishing deal, we got a nice record deal, but people stopped getting like deals like that after us.
0: Cool. Well, so what, what's going on now, Don? What do, what do you have? You have a new uh, CD out. Cool. Yeah,
2: I, I I actually got a record deal with a heavy metal label, which that's you know, so cool. Metal Blade Records. Yeah. Oh that's, my God, that's, that's
1: like the coolest
0: thing yeah. in the world,
2: though. Yeah, this this label that um, has shaped my musical taste since I'm a teenager. How cool! That's so awesome. Um, and, uh, and great
0: album art on on this CD, <laughs> yeah, really. I well, the CD. Yeah, love that.
2: Well, the, you know, we we've been you know talking earlier about um, the packaging, right, with all this stuff. And I always tell people, like, you know, I parody all my favorite bands with my comedy CDs. I've done Judas Priest, I've done Thin Lizzy, I've done Led Zeppelin, now Saxon. But you don't have to like any of those bands to get what the content of the album. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this is it's this is comedy with a rock and roll attitude. You don't necessarily have to like any of those bands. To, to understand what's going on in the album. And, uh, but, I, but for the people who do, they get a little extra humor. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the packaging to me is so cool because I grew up with vinyl. And I, you know, that's important.
0: You Thank did you. something really great on, that, on, on, on your credits on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Don, Don's a beast, right? You know, yeah. he'll, he'll be, I see him all the time at Greenwich. He plays Monsters of Rock, right? But he also works out stuff at Mike Bonner's room in Station. And this is like a guy who runs like a little room in New Jersey. You know, gives comics a chance, puts people on, and you thanked them on your line of notes. I, I saw that; yeah. it was very. Cool. I thought that was like such a great thing to do, man. The guy really super appreciated it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, when you're out doing this for a living, um, you know, people are expecting you to go up and deliver laughs for an hour, and so you're not trying to. You know, I mean, you could fit in some new stuff, but you know. That's a place where I could just go down with 20, 25 minutes of brand new stuff and just go through I it. I love that. And I literally just go through with the notes and go, nope.
3: Right. That nope. didn't work. Just did the right. Same thing
1: right. Friday All right. That's night.
2: good. Yeah. yeah. No, that's needs no work, good. It work,
3: maybe a little bit. Yeah. So
2: it's like a little bit of a safety net mm-hmm. in a, in, to try to work out new stuff because, um, you know, I'm. There's, there's people who are super prolific, same with musicians, right? Like, oh my God, he's got 12 new songs already, God, and they're all great. And then there's other people, like it takes them four years to get 12 new songs. And I'm sort of in the middle in terms of comedy. Like, I'm not as prolific as some guys, you know, much more prolific than other guys. I wasn't looking at you for that part, necessarily. <laughs> but, um, but but you know, there's a place to work this stuff out in hunks where you can sure. sort of get it done because, the opposite of what bands do is when comedians put out an album, like you guys, we put a musician puts out an album, they want to play the songs from the new album. Right, and people right? want the hit. Comics, you put the album out, you're done. Done. They're- this material's shot. Oh, right.
1: you so. tour it because they just bought it. So they're going to buy the
2: album. And then
0: I
1: don't want to, to do this
2: home. material and then go buy the CD. Oh, they'll go home and go, doesn't I just
0: heard it. doesn't get the same effect. That's the That's interesting. End of the joke. Three, five, nine. Yeah. Okay,
2: when the perfect rabbit's sense. out of the hat, it's over. So well, They
3: say that about specials too, like when you put something on Netflix or something. Same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Same concept. Okay, that makes sense. And
2: so, um, you know, there's a, a few little hidden gems where I go and try out new stuff. And it's been great down there. So I thank Mike on here because a lot of this stuff was born in there. I've done that and room. failed miserably.
3: Oh, listen, <laughs> I've done good. that room and too I to work And It's hard to have stuff. places like that too that don't, aren't so worried about, like, you know, they let you come in and just do your thing. It's, There's a bit on here. Like There's a
2: bit that. on here called Hit by a Bus.
3: And then I did this at Mike's place, probably. Oh, man.
2: Oh, he, he's before, probably only seen it seven do, or eight
0: times. Before you do, describe the, to, to the people listening the crowd that goes to station.
2: Oh, man. I um, <laughs> Older? Yes,
1: much
0: older.
2: Um, obviously they don't
0: know heavy metal.
2: Well, that's okay. That's they, okay. They, they they're there for the food. Are they they're they're there to see there comedy? or no, what?
0: They'll go see comedy, so, but they're also eating at, at the yeah, same time. It's
3: a, it's a free show. Got
1: you. It was a free show every Friday night for God. He's been doing it for five or six years, he's, I think, yeah, now. Yeah, he's done over 200 shows. That's awesome. But, you know, when you go to a comedy show, if you invest the $20 into the ticket, you're invested in the show. Right. When it's They're free, also there and it's free. You're working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You're which working. is why I, which no is stage. why I don't mind if stuff doesn't <laughs> oh, really yeah. exactly
2: yeah, it's good to be here on this floor in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. And this man, I this bit, I, man, it's it haunted me. And uh, my and I'd done it in the, the regular clubs. I had squeezed it into my regular paying gigs. Like, you know, bullied it in between two really good bits. Sure. Could not get a laugh off this thing. Even Mike was like, he goes, there's something there. I know, and you keep trying it, but man, it just, it, it's, and I go, it doesn't get anything. I know, I know there's something here. And I did it over and over at his place. And then I just woke up one day and I was like, I got it. I figured out what I'm missing on this you one. And boom, to. I had it. And I, and I was so it's happy feeling, to put man. this yeah. in on the really album is. only for just to, just to show him oh, No, okay. even more for for me oh, Yeah, also But just to show him Like, that's cool. thank you for letting this joke bomb A half a dozen times in your place Before I finally figured out how to make it work so how does And it's one work? of my favorite bits now
3: So how does this work? Do you record, like, multiple shows And then decide which one was the best night did
2: you- di- On this one, I did two shows Where did you record this? I recorded it in Los Angeles in a speakeasy Wow, wow. that's cool. cool In a legal club, yeah I love that That my friend owns, yeah that we had to, you know, uh, set up a Facebook event page, and then we had to email everybody the morning of with the address because really we did not cool. want to blast it out because they would got shut down. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a cool scene, you know, full bar and seats and great sound system and a stage and everything. And um, we did the two shows. And cool. um, you know, with you know, have you, I don't know if you've done an album, but um, whether you've were-
1: recorded three, and never released them. So, whether so I was the, never happy with it. That's
3: funny. you <laughs> got to get over that. <laughs> Which True is, story. <laughs> no,
2: that, and that's good. I mean, I wasn't
1: ready. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to do them. I, was, I put the cart before the horse, definitely. No. I was like, I would think I was a year in. I'm like, I'm going to record a CD, right. and everybody's like, you're yeah. of mine. <laughs> but then I waited till like I was four years in, and even five years in, I was, I was nowhere near ready, but I'm going to do one in May. I'm going to record one in May.
2: And so whether you, I feel like whether you record, um, you know, maybe it's the same with music, but um, I feel like if you record, no matter how many shows you record, I like to just there's like one show that's the show, right? Like okay, the the second show was the show, you,
3: yeah. And then
2: you sprinkle. It's and like go, all right, takes. I had a little better delivery. The first yes. show on this show. It's
3: like vocal takes and then like that. Make, yeah. Right,
2: exactly. So you do mix and match, but I've you know I've recorded as many as four, I, and I've, as few as two. And it's always the same. It's 95% one show. Yeah. Because even if I flub something, I, if there's a rhythm going,
0: I don't want to in. interrupt it. The, yeah. But that's what's great that. about a live album, like a real live album. Yeah, The little bit of mistakes where it doesn't always. sound like the, the, the record. That's what was great about Aerosmith when they had like their live album. Live bootleg. Like, yeah. You could hear. like It wasn't the same as listening to like a uh, studio record. No,
3: no, because you can't fix anything. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's why, remember, remember, like... Uh, I used to go down to Bleeker Bob's. Oh yeah, and I remember oh, absolutely. It, and I remember in the white cover they would have the uh, bootlegs, yep. and you would listen to live recordings, and it was live, and that was great. I, that was the, so that's why I don't mind if a band doesn't sound exactly the way they do. I want to hear the mistakes. I want to hear the imperfections. I oh. used
1: to I used to go up to a place called Things from England in Cliffside Park. I, I, and I they, don't remember they, that. And still. they had a, a, a cassette yeah. rack, and I'm a huge GNR fan, so I would go and I'd buy all these. I had like November Rain before, like four years before wow. they recorded it, and it was just Axel on a piano. I had, yeah, I love that. I had I love Guns N' Roses covering Guns N' Roses covering Jumpin' Jack Flash and Heartbreak Hotel and oh, yeah. Shadow of Your Love before, and mm-hmm. even even knew it existed. Those things were just, and now it's like people can just go on and, and, and yeah. type it up in front. I took a bus yeah. to a different county to get these things yeah. and like that's the beautiful thing about the era that we grew up in is that there were these things you had to
0: just f- keep going sort down this road and, and it was it's special
3: like that's mm-hmm. the thing i had a ton of i had a ton of pearl jam bootlegs like again i was a huge fan but i had a ton of pearl jam bootlegs and it was like he did this song called Reverend Dave, which was just this acoustic like cover song that like you never got anyplace else, but there was this one record that he was doing it on, and it was just so amazing, and I knew I was one of the only people that had this thing, you know? Right. And that's, yeah, you're right. It's what made it special, for, for sure. For
1: years, I thought it was called Yellow Diabetic instead of Yellow Lead Better. <laughs> I had no idea, I, because it well, was a kid in high school who was a huge Pearl Jam fan, and like, I had heard the song once or twice on K-Rock, and he goes, this is yellow diabetic. I'm like, wait, wait. I don't know what it was being played. They yeah. learned the song <laughs> I before I had a copy of it. And I think it was like five years ago. I thought it was yellow diabetic. <laughs> I'm an
0: idiot. We talk about this on the show sometimes. But um, growing up in college, I put myself through college by owning a record store.
3: Oh, wow. I owned
0: it in, rec- in uh, Staten Island. It was called First Time Records. Wow, cool. And I had Twisted Sister come down oh, one, my one time God. to do a little uh, record signing. I yeah, um, love them, uh, but I never was able to get the boot. I would have loved to have sold the bootlegs there as well. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I sold a lot of like you know metal stuff. I also because I wanted to make money. I also sold a lot of the disco 12 inches. Oh you know, yeah, th- to DJs and mixtapes and stuff. You must
3: have a good uh, vinyl collection.
0: I did. I got rid of it. Did oh, you? I did yeah. You know. When, when you're, you're moving all around a lot, know, Jimmy, it's, it's a hard lot. to store that stuff. I put it in stuff. storage,
3: yeah. I'm yeah, mine's yeah. uh, yeah. in storage. Mine. I, I just bought a new record I her. have
1: to keep a vinyl Excel spreadsheet for whenever <laughs> I go. I do. I have Here's it right cards, here. There's cards, bro. I, Discogs, yeah, I have it right here. Now I'm old school. I have the old school Excel spreadsheet. So whenever I go shopping, I have to actually scroll <laughs> so you through to what see. Because you, you know how many times I've bought a duplicate.
3: Yeah, I have got it
1: three times already. I'm not getting burned oh, yeah. again. I a found Astral good, though, Weeks Van you Morrison vinyl. I, oh, oh, I used vinyl. to love
3: that. It was amazing. No, no is, but Discogs. Astral weeks. Oh, oh, Discogs the best, yeah. gives
2: you like you know all the metrics of it. And it shows you what pressing it is and yeah. whether it's you know, like I have
3: stuff that I didn't know, like I have, you
2: still have ECDC, vinyl? Pa- oh tons of it. Yeah, yeah. I do, guessing? yeah. I just
3: I was just saying I just got um Astral Weeks Van Morrison, I just found it and it was like it's such I was awesome. actually the in a original the original, yeah. I was wow. in a record store in Philly. Yeah, amazing. South it sounds Street. great wow. too. It's like not scratched. Uh
1: no, vinyl is oh, great. So a, it's another store right on South Street, it's right next to Tattooed Mom. there's a great bar mm-hmm. there. And they have like a dollar basement. You just go down the basement and you just start digging, right? You just start digging. And I'm on the last uh, crate and I'm like, I'm getting tired. The mildew smell is killing me. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so I flip through and I see Terrence <laughs> Trent Darby's first record. If it was a dollar. I'm like, boom, I'm taking it That one. That's the one we
0: Wishing Well, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, So yeah. then I'm flipping through. I was working
1: with CBS It'll Records at the time. time. And I see Meet the it's Beatles. So I'm like, yeah, I already have it, but you know what? For a dollar, I'm grabbing it. Oh, yeah. I bring it upstairs and the guy's like, where'd you get this? And I said, it was in the basement. And he goes, in the dollar basement, <laughs> and he said, "Yeah," Whoops. and he flips it over. It was a first pressing. Okay. Beat, yeah. the, beat the beat oh. to shit, but he had it sold to me for a yeah, dollar. So I still it. have a first a first wow. edition. Of yep. Beat the Beatles at home. That's yeah, that, incredible, that's score, man. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. Great.
2: See, we, we we don't download stuff and go. And hey, let me see the air. No, yeah. you just
0: bought exactly. Oh, guys...
2: is that first air pressing? I know. <laughs> that's right. what's great about the physical product. I, I love that, man. Me too. It's so great. Ugh.
0: Are they selling this? Um, CD in the at the record store in Greenwich. Is that record store right around the corner from Greenwich Village Comedy Club?
2: No, like so right now it, it the, the physical copy's not in any record stores. Um it's just available digitally, but at, at my gigs I'll have these and I am going to make vinyl. So
3: That's, that's pretty oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Those, too, I think that's available. pretty cool. What,
2: yeah, what do you got going on?
3: I have a new record. I was, I mean, I left my band. Under your name? We talked about my band, but yeah, I left the band in 2008. And since then, I mean, I've done a lot. I was writing for other people. I wrote songs for Demi Lovato and Ellie Goulding and um, Nick Perry and lots of people. And that was super fun, but I missed it. I missed doing it myself. I needed to miss it, so I needed to take some time. And I've put out a couple of records since just trying things, but I'm really proud of this record. Um, The artwork's not even done yet. I just gave you guys a couple of advanced copies, but... um, yeah, it's Cassidy and the music is is what I'm calling myself the my own thing, and the record is called All Good Things. I just released a single, um, Kill, called the Kill the Lights, the Lights. Yeah.
1: which is fantastic. I've played it like 17 times already. Uh,
0: where, where are you performing? People want to. Come so to I'm see all over.
3: You. So so I do a few things. I have I have a show in Boston at City Winery. I have um, nice. the Katherine Hepburn Theater in Connecticut. I've got. Some things coming up solo, but I do. I'm also doing a symphony show. Women
0: of Rock. Women Rock. Oh, nice. Yeah,
3: and it's killer. What? Do-
0: what, what, what talk about that. So a this is bit.
3: amazing. So this was crazy. I actually. Le- I'm. I'm also. So okay. I'm doing a movie this summer called Parallel Worlds. I'm starring in a movie. I just found out. And wow. it, I was doing a. I was doing the play version. It's an original script. It's a rock <laughs> musical. I was doing the play in Los Angeles and got a call. I went home. I was done with the play. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. I knew I probably wanted to come back east. I'd been in LA for a long time. I got a call from a casting director. She didn't even know if I was in town, but I happened to be in town. She's like, will you come in and sing for this thing? There's this producer putting on this show. It's called Women Rock. And you know, like I could have, I was a little bit wary. I had never sung anybody else's music. I always sang my own music. So I was always like, oh. She goes, you know, the money was really good, she said, but it's a really cool show. It's going to be a rock symphony in front of symphony orchestras, and it's going to be three female singers, all different. So there'll be a there'll be a sort of Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner singer. There'll be a rock singer like Janis Joplin and sort of, you know, um, Pat Benatar and Heart, and that kind of thing. And then there's going to be like a Joni Mitchell, Carole King. I thought for sure they were calling me for the rock stuff. They wanted me to come in and sing for Carole King. I was like okay so I went in and I auditioned and it was a massive audition and they had the lead the girl who was doing beautiful on Broadway came in and audition for it Oh, holy and years. I thought there's no way like first of all I'm not famous for my auditioning like I'm not good at it I can't stand that feeling of walking into a room and there's a table of people all staring at you you don't know but their vibe was really good like they were chill and like it wasn't nerve-wracking and I was prepared you know and it was what easy enough so I had to sing so far away Oh, wow. Which was, right? Off of uh, Tapestry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the songs off Tapestry, right? Sounds like a dad joke. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want me to say? It's so far away, son. (laughs) (laughs) So I sang, I got the show. So that was amazing that I got it. I didn't know what that necessarily meant, but I relocated back to the East Coast, and I've been doing that, and I've been writing um, a lot of songs. I recorded this with Mark, who's my partner in life and also in the music, and I'm super proud of it. But in the meantime, the producers of the play called me and said that they want to make it out of. A, they want to make a movie out of the play. That's fantastic. So I'm going back to LA to shoot a film this summer. Yeah, LA is the greatest
1: place in the world.
3: It is, and it I isn't. It. I live no, there I forever. Love it. I know I because
2: that. you don't live
1: there. Sure, sure. Say, well, I live yes, there. I
3: assure
2: you. Yeah. Did I, you live there too? Well, no, but I've spent tons of time yeah. out there, and I will say. And especially when we were doing that metal show, you, there there is definitely an expiration date when it's not awesome anymore. Yeah, it's I awesome. Agree. It, it is. It, I needed to get out of there. It's it. an awesome place when you know you're coming home. Yeah, it's. See, funny. I love it. when, that's a, when re- you know that's a you're leaving. Eventually, it. Mark it's wants so to good. go.
3: He loves it too. I keep trying to tell him like it's it's fine, but it's it, there's something when you're used to dealing with real people when you're East Coast. You can't get that out there. There's something you don't.
2: It's every, it, unfortunately, it's every stereotype. It
1: is. That That's it's known for and worse.
3: You know, I never saw that
1: every time I'm out there. I always seem to hang what, what, out what what the to you chew with that. Yeah, because you it's never see It's a good that. comedy know, like scene, though.
3: I will tell you. No, that. not
1: even for comedy. Like, I'll go to the rainbow and sit at the bar at the rainbow for days on end. <laughs> sure. Just hanging out. We had, a, we had a great story. We were out there just hanging out at the bar, and we hear this horrible motorcycle getting, it's just loud and obnoxious, and he pulls up, and it was Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud. Mm-hmm. So he just moved the seat over. He was like, "Ah, how are you, man? And we're sitting down, we're bullshitting, and there was a girl who was at the end of the bar, gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And I was like, what do, what do you do? She goes, I'm the whiskey ambassador for the country of Canada. And I'm like... <laughs> You have the greatest job of all time. And I'm like, what are you doing here? She goes, I'm only here for like, you know, there's some sort of convention. I'm representing the country. And I go to Wes, I'm like, you need to sleep with her. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. So, like, we're just trying to hook them up the whole time we're doing there. Like, we're just literally playing matchmaker between this beautiful girl and the singer from Puddle of Mud. And he dropped the 50 and bought our drinks and left with her. Wow. So, like, I love the rainbow just for that reason. It makes love. Yeah, it helps
0: it to be in Puddle love. of Mud.
1: Yeah. Well, that's true. Hurt. I don't think she knew who it was, though. She had no idea who it was. But I I love it because, like, even in New York, you can blend in a little more. You know, L.A., people just... It's more move. of a scene. Yeah. Like I would
2: say, the difference between New York and L.A. is, you know, like when I lived in the East Village, you know, if if I wanted an apple at 4 in the morning, I could get up, walked, could walk, walk down my steps in my pajamas, go to the deli right on the corner, 10 feet away, buy an apple, I'm back up in my apartment and, like, under 90 seconds. Say, yeah, like L.A., minutes. you got to shower, do your <laughs> hair, your makeup perfectly, put on trendy clothes, go down into the car park, take your car to the garage, drive to the one Ralph's that's open 24-7. Because you got to be made up in case there's an Not agent forbid. who's getting an apple at the same time. Yeah. And and two and a half hours later, you're back in your apartment. Did you notice one,
1: that's thing, the one thing about L.A. is they closed everything very early in Too L.A.? Early, yeah. Like barrier. 1 o'clock in the morning, the whole city rolls up. Yep.
3: Because everyone
0: drives. And that's also mm-hmm. the difference between New York comics and Los Angeles comics. New York comics are grittier. They're, gr- oh, they, yeah. they're, they're doing yeah. it because they want to be comics. They want to be funny. I think L.A. comics use comedy as a vehicle yeah. to get a write, writing job, uh, an acting job. To be in a right? movie or, exactly.
3: or TV show. Yeah, everybody. A lot kid- of them are looking for that.
1: Sure. They cut their teeth out in New York, and then they try and go out to L.A. to get to the next level with... You know movies it's or a TV good community
3: though i was in the com- i was i did improv i was on the other side of it but it's a, it's a solid community the the, 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 the the comedians the the comedy clubs and sort of the the improv clubs are, are happening man there's a lot there's some around. really
2: good comics out there yeah. but yeah as a general rule exactly. yeah I, I agree you know i yeah. think and maybe it's just my preference
3: as a, I'm as a fan of comedy I moved.
0: that I do prefer,
2: you know, the edge of the East Coast. Oh, yeah. I too. And that's
0: what I wanted to ask you. So you're going to be in this movie. Have you done any acting before?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I have actually. I Well, I'm, I graduated from, I went to the new school. I also went, as I said, to UCB, Upright Citizens. Mm-hmm. I did improv. So that was, you know, an amazing foundation. I did a lot of teams and did a lot of that stuff out there. Um, I've done a lot of plays and I did a couple of small parts in movies. I did a movie with Zoe Saldana called The Skeptic um but the music always was like what paid the bills right it right. was so, so i always loved acting and it's funny i don't know who's saying it but like sometimes oh you're saying about andrew dice that he wanted to be an actor and then he got into comedy and then it's sort of how it goes full circle i would have probably done acting if i thought that my life would support that but i had to like make money and i could sing and i didn't need anything to do it i could just go someplace and sing i played guitar i wrote songs but i knew that i could make money quick Did you take lessons no, no, I was self-taught.
0: That that always amazes me.
3: Yeah, I'm self-taught. Although you know, it's funny because the higher up you get in the business, like for instance, doing these like symphony shows now, like even my boyfriend, like he's a Berkeley graduate, he plays like 57 instruments. He's like a genius. You realize your limitations, right? Like you, so sure. you start getting around people who can sight read or whose ears can are amazing. Mean? I can't, so I have to. In some ways, I almost have to be better because I have to be so quick. I have to come in and like assess it. And I have to have my own way of learning. What they don't know is that I just spent two days like in a room, like shedding the music so hard where like someone like Mark can just walk in and like look at it. You so know? If you're
0: gonna play a cover song, right? Yeah. You listen to the song and you you just have the natural ear yeah. where you can hear that song, yep. pick up a guitar. And play those chords, and you just know how to do that.
3: Usually, or I will pull up the the chords, not tabs. So if it's tabs or like music notes, I can't read it. But if it's just the chords, what, what did, then well, yeah, yes. What did they call
0: that? When, when you would buy like that sheet music? It wasn't sheet music. A with, with with like tablature. tablature. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, tabs. So like in other words, there's a way. If you see the actual notes, then I prob that I can't read it. But if it says D G E minor sure. F, I can read that. Like I can play that. Gotcha.
0: But mock. Doesn't have to even know the song, hear the song. He can look at it. You could read cough, it. and
3: he'll tell you what note it is. It's like the most. Yeah, hate people it's like a, that. It's obnoxious. Oh, my God.
0: Thank yeah. God he's not in there. It's, it's obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet he's good looking, he has a And big he's cute, penis and he's too. lovely, yeah.
3: and yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah, and that. Man, no yeah. Yeah. But you <laughs> know what?
2: It's uh, and there's there's people of that have. Different strengths than other people. Totally. And so it doesn't. It de- I always say it doesn't diminish anything no. that and you have because the first to say it. because you know Lady Gaga's a headlining act, and so are you. You know the three right. of us are headlining acts in comedy, but so is Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. Right. We might obviously have you know draw different crowds. Sure. And and may and maybe and I don't know maybe we're it's just as funny as seven. Kevin Hart or maybe we're not. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. But the the point is some. People are uh, stronger at different things, yeah. and that's okay. You know, yeah, yeah like it's, once it, some people are stronger as a performer. Yeah. Sure. Some people are better writers.
3: Well, I realized that too. That yeah. what a. I think that after I left the band is when I probably realized that my writing was such like was a talent. Like it was just something that I did. I didn't realize it. How many it was, years were
0: you in, in and Integrity Rising? Gosh,
3: probably eight eight years in the end. Yeah, close to eight years. Um, maybe like yeah, seven or eight. But I, I think leaving, realizing that that is not something everybody knows how to do, write a song. Sure. Yeah. That's
2: the one thing I, I see with bands is they're missing a songwriter.
3: Yeah. You they they got a twenty.
2: They got 150 songs, but they don't really have any like, songs. the
3: lead singer can sing. He's a good-looking guy, but right. they need the songs. They can play
2: their instruments, right. but they have no songs. I know. You're,
3: it's tough.
0: want to go back to, why didn't Saxon ever make it big in the United States? I mean, they, they clearly were able to write songs. I agree, I think they're
2: they're good songwriters, and I think they've adjusted with the times, but without losing the core of what they do the best in terms of their sound, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man, Uh, I think just, um, you know, they never, a lot of bands this happens with, and this might have happened to you over the years, is, uh, you know, and it's sad that sometimes they want you to fit into a certain box and if you don't, they don't know what to do with you. It's awful. Awesome. And and then and like if I if I'm someone in the music business and someone or the comedy business and someone doesn't fit into a box, I, I'm I'm grabbing that person right. and holding on You're for so dear saved. life. Yeah. I agree. But but you know, like I've tried to sell a bunch of T V shows over the years and I've come up with great ideas um, for stuff um, for television, and, but but the thing, the, the feedback you get is like, well, we don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, we don't have anything to pair it with. The same it's like, thing with music. Oh my god, we're, we're no, gonna no, no, play big it. Time. This this you put this on, and then you find something to pair with this.
3: Oh no, when the right. president of the label you know, looks at you and have says, something "Radio doesn't original. play chicks," you know, yeah. they don't play chicks. They they don't play rock and chicks. It's like, oh.
0: But do you, right. do you have more outlets now to be able to like you know, stream between Hulu's? And, yeah, there's definitely, I, there's you there's definitely, definitely. a lot, lot more. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but
2: but they all say the same thing really they, they all say the same thing uh, or they just take your idea which has happened many yeah, times yes. I That's happened that I've heard too. Heard a lot. oh yeah but I've it's like what are you lot. gonna do you know it's the same as someone takes one of your Without songs it's doubt. like okay well I could just either write another song which is probably the better thing to do so you, you don't have all that negative energy in you and I mean unless obviously you're making a living on the song but um, same with the TV idea it's like when someone steals it, it's like all right yeah, what am I going to do here? Am I going to hire a lawyer it. and sue a network? And how much What'd time What did you do the first time you you, that, that. That's That's what happened what
3: to you? That's what you're saying, and I agree. Yeah, it's like too much energy to give to something negative. I,
2: yeah, I just didn't, you know. It was. It was a, I was just like, you know what? It's just let it go.
0: You were that calm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, I, man, you, you're, you're a good person. Well, you were kind
1: of in a similar situation yeah. too Very when you so. when you were leaving the band as well. Big time. Want you talk about that? I bit?
3: had to. Fi- I had so when I left the band you know it was an interesting situation because we were very successful we were doing very well but the inner workings of the band unfortunately we weren't successful we didn't get along and we were putting out i think the projection that we got along and it was a toxic atmosphere and i just i needed to leave but because i um come from a family like the Omuerta, like you don't you don't talk you don't talk about things like, right. i never told were anybody when you making money with the Antigone Rising um not as much as people thought we got some nice cuz rec- that's
0: got to be hard if you're making money to walk away from a toxic I was making money
3: i was making money in that it was steady money but i wasn't making a lot of money i had made a lot of money that i gave away to the band like publishing deals record deals we split even though they were my songs we still split everything that was what was right cuz we were all doing it 250 shows a year for years so everybody gets paid that's what's correct but it was a really hard breakup and when I left they kept everything they kept all of the music and the royalties and they kept all of the gear and the van and the and the road cases and the instruments and all the things that all of you don't, you
0: don't own the songs anymore
3: you don't get any I, they royalties get, and nothing I know. not really. no. They've kept a lot of things. And I got to a place where I mm. had to make a decision. Do I move forward, or do I spend my entire rest of the ten years of my career, whatever it is, fighting backwards, mm. swinging backwards, or do I try to just rebuild? And, you know, I chose the latter. it It was really tough. I mean, financially, it was tough, emotionally, it was tough. And I kind of went underground for a while. I disappeared, and I didn't talk about, anything so I think a lot of people thought I just left the band and didn't give a shit and that wasn't the case I was just
0: what were you doing all that time
3: um, I went to Los Angeles I did have enough money to kind of you know take some time and and disappear I was in Los Angeles when I joined the band so I went back to Los Angeles after I left and I started writing for other people. Ah. Yeah, so I got behind yeah. the, you know, so still, that was still good. Stayed creative. I stayed creative, I was acting, I went back to school, yeah. and then I was like painting, and just kind of being creative.
2: It's better, yeah, it's better to put your mind going forward and go, you know what, that's just an idea. Yeah. You know what, I, yeah. I got ideas, you know, look, it's a dime a dozen, I, can, I have tons of other ideas. Yeah. Let me just move forward, I'm not gonna focus on trying to sue a network no, and for the, an idea, because they're just gonna claim, hey, parallel thought. We right. already had this in development, and then it's you against them, and it's like, you know what? And if that uh, take my idea, if that makes you happy, yeah. And honestly, take my karmically, idea.
3: it's like you just have karmically, to, you yeah. just gotta let it go. And I think musically, when you look at the band and you and look at what they've done since, and you look at the songs that I've put out since, I think it's very clear who was writing the music. I don't think it's. I think in hindsight, you can see it now, yep. even though at the time it wasn't necessarily projected that way that I was really contributing that much. I didn't need to like scream it from the rooftops. I thought in ten years everybody will see. Are you they know? still together? There's not only are they still together, they still call themselves In Take Any Rising. They have a very different sound. They've a different lead singer and it's not even that I begrudge them that I just don't appreciate being erased from The legacy, because there really wouldn't Uh, there wouldn't be a career there had I not been there.
2: Yeah, (laughs)
3: exactly.
2: (laughs) I'm like the fifth Beatle. It was like
3: he's never in the band Yeah, but now it's almost like if you're you're a
0: Van Halen fan, you know he was (laughs) big part time part that band. Way bigger than than
2: most fans would know. Yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: Guys, this has been a great, great episode. This has been a great hour, man. Things have just flew by. It's fun. Thank you. Tell us a little bit where you're going to be. Where people can pick up denim and leather.
2: Uh, Denim and Laughter, yeah, that's, and I love that people confuse it, with, it. with Saxon's Denim and Leather because I'm going to go on. It looks just like. Well, I'm going to go on album. tour with the singer of this band, oh, Biff, with his solo album, with his solo album and wow, tour in the UK and Europe, and so I'm hoping when I'm selling my CDs after the show, people will think I'm selling Saxons out. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and I'll get a bunch of mercy sales um, off of that. But uh, yeah, new album, uh, iTunes, Apple Music, like I said, um, Spotify, all, all those places, physical copies at the gigs. And um, you know, I'm on all the socials, Don Jameson, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. And uh, come out to a show and enjoy I work with these cats a bunch I'm and a yeah love you for you to come out Definitely. and mm-hmm. love to come see you as well yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where, where could people find you what do you got going on so, you, yeah. we, you, we got the new music yeah here? I didn't
3: do the artwork yet but that's coming um the artwork is on the stick actually at this point but I have um the new single is out on Spotify and and all of the things it's called kill the lights Cassidy and the music is the way that you find me on all of the socials um c-a-s-s-i-d-y and um I will have shows and everything posted up there on my Facebook or on the Instagram and um, just doing lots of shows and, and have the movie this summer. So keep your eyes out for that. It's called Parallel Worlds.
0: Well, we wish you the best with the movie. We Thank wish you the best with the CD. That's awesome. Uh, Sean and I, we're going to start doing this now once a week. Yeah, we're going, we going weekly. weekly.
1: Ads, uh, this awesome. Episode. Yeah. Well, this
3: was super fun. Yeah. And hopefully Thanks, we guys. can finally
1: put that show together that we've been talking we've about been talking for the ab- last year. I would
3: love so. to do that.
1: We're going to do a combo comedy acoustic show
3: he said would you call it? beauty and the beast beauty and the beast <laughs> yeah, that's perfect we should do it I I would great. Be great. I, that yeah, yeah. would be so fun we'll i would finally love to get it. that going
1: but listen <laughs> yeah. guys thank you so much for coming in uh keep checking us out we're on itunes and spotify, spotify uh, and Podomatic. youtube now apparently with episodes which you get to see the video portion of the podcast cool. uh we have some great shows coming yeah, up
0: Yeah radio is coming soon we'll excellent be on. Yeah,
1: we Please, have uh, guys. So we'll be going once a week from That's now on. Me. We have our next episode will be uh, taped in two weeks. Right,
0: because Sean, Sean's a big shot now. He's now a full time comic, and he's going to be going on a cruise, Doing working a cruise. the cruise. Not yes, the it's vacation. official. He's yeah, be it's official.
1: I'm a full time comedian as of nine days ago.
0: Beautiful. So Congrats, I man. love
1: that. Oh, yeah, tell yeah, tell me when I got to pay the rent next month. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much uh, for Jeffrey Paul and myself. Thanks for checking us out, and uh, we'll catch you in a week. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.